it's a big ass box. And welcome to Stat Check episode 72. This is Slav Check featuring The Box, uh, which for anybody who's not been in our Discord recently uh, will be explained as we get to it. Um, but that's details for later. Uh, I'm Ennis and I'm joined by Anthony because Nathan and Jeremy are otherwise indisposed this weekend or uh, this week. Uh, unfortunately, that doesn't mean that we are not going to have the data this week. Uh, there was not a ton of events this weekend. I believe there was four. Uh, so getting a process hasn't been a super high priority. It'll get done um, at some point. So if you're expect when you the dashboard gets updated and all that kind of thing, you'll check it out and we'll do a, a bumper. We're probably over the next couple of weeks going to have a bumper review of um, like the six months of 10th edition that we've had or so. Um, so expect to see a lot more stats content over the next couple of weeks. But for now, you have the the people who play the game more talking um, because we don't uh, I don't do stats. It's it's confusing and it goes over my head. Um, Anthony, how you doing? I'm pretty good. Uh, things are going well. Uh, hanging out. I got this idiot. Yeah. So so that's pretty good. Um, oh, no, I just fucked up my whole webcam. It's fine. Fixed. Easy. Nope. Too high. I'll fix that in a second. Um, so, yeah. Aside from that, things are going pretty good. I uh, got the new Flesh Eater Quartz AOS box. So that's very exciting. Uh, fucking love them. Uh, more passionate about them, honestly, than any army in 40k right now, TBH. Um, the shit is cool. Um, the box is, like, really nice. Comes with, like, a bunch of random, like, units and stuff. And then they give you, like, this whole, like, like this whole pack of cards that I just showed you. That's all the data sheets in the box. Um, so when you play a game, you could have everything nicely laid out. Imagine getting stuff for free, dude. Couldn't be 40k. Um, so yeah, that's it. Uh, nothing too exciting in the last little bit. Going to some play in some borough of New York City this weekend. I have very little information on it. Now I'm going with Anna and her parents. Let's go. <laughs> you definitely wound down into holiday season, Anthony, haven't you? Yeah, I just like I'm doing nonsense. I don't have a tournament until Pyra, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just a man doing stuff. Uh, shout out to my homie Kenny and his store that's going to be opening soon. TM, if you're in the Northeast area, Rogue State Gaming is finally here. Uh, should be a couple of weeks and there'll be an opening. So that'll be exciting. Now that I'll play games in person again and. All the world will be worse off for it as our win rates all plummet as Anthony comes out with a new faction that nobody was expecting. Yeah, death and murder from the uh, Drukari. We get buffed in January and then they're awesome. Hope. <laughs> cope. 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 Big cope. They're just going to get the death guard treatment. They're going to make it so when you use a pain token in the charge phase, it lets you advance and charge. And <laughs> Nobody needs that, Anthony. Let's go! <laughs> Why are you doing this to us all? Yeah, devastating wounds on grotesques and incubi. Let's just fuck it. Send it. Pain tokens give you reroll hits and wounds, not just reroll wound. Reroll That'll hit. do. Yeah, I'll take that. That'll also work. <laughs> just completely oh. ruin everything. Scar oh. wins every tournament in the planet for the next six months. <laughs> At least in the uh, north area, yeah. At least unless we play, because I clearly will take down the original Archon. 
I don't know. Did he not win a Titan tournament with a Revenant Titan this weekend? Yeah, he's a fucking hero. He's so much better than me. I'm definitely joking. He's old. He may be the older Archon, but he's well kept by the homunculi. <laughs> I mean, you look more like one, but yeah, yeah, for sure. I got the the height. I don't know. Dark Elder are pretty tall. I think Scry actually looks more like a Drakari than I do. Okay, this is a weird conversation. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, as for myself, I was at a tournament this weekend uh, with the rest of, um, well, the Alpine Cup team, except Anthony. Uh, so we replaced Anthony with um, Chris or Chris Arvine from Team Scotland. I just myself... want to point out that Sorry. much like stat check, this was not done because I was invited and said no. I just was assumed I wouldn't want to do it and then replaced. <laughs> it was more that I had a team of three in the polls offered to come than it's fine. specifically it's excluded cool. you. But I, I did feel like your holiday situation maybe wouldn't allow it. <laughs> it's all good. No big deal. We're just trying to be, just trying to keep Anthony's ego in check by not inviting him to things. So he feels like he has to work a little bit harder. It's just like the, the 40k tournament player equivalent of negging. We just yes. want him to work really hard at Euro Trash. It's so fucked up, honestly. Like You, you, uh, I wouldn't say you love it. That's probably harsh, but you tolerate no, it. No, I, I, I certainly don't. Um, yeah, it's fine. That It's all good. Um, so yeah, uh, myself, Typhus, Myson, Brian, and Chris Irvine went to a team tournament. We originally had grand designs of playing a bunch of Titans and stuff, and then Brian sold his. Uh, and then Typhus was like, I'm going to play my sisters because I've been getting the paint for ages. And uh, then it turned out sisters are really good right now. So we just like messed that up. Myson was like, I don't have any other armies and submitted GSC. Brian's like, oh, I'll just play orcs. And we're like, okay, cool. So I ended up on four norns and everybody else had medalists. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like, you know, a little hard done by it. <laughs> the rest of my team was just like, ah, we're just going to try hard. Don't worry about it. Uh, like exactly what happened to Alpine Cup, except I was stuck holding four norns. Um, it was great. Um, so we'll go through a little bit more about that. Uh, yeah. After, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the introductory section is this. We don't have any stats this week. Let's just talk about my team event. That's probably the easier place to do it. Um, so yeah, so it was a team event in Scotland. It had eight teams of five. Um, we've not done five-man teams in Scotland before, which was really cool. Uh, managed to get a bunch of new teams out for that. Um, so yeah, we had Sisters of Battle, which is a kind of traditional uh, Vol Paragons, Exorcists, all that kind of good stuff list with like third Archoflagellants that gives other players nightmares. Uh, we had Mycin on like the standard Horde GSE list uh, with the truck with the like the meta technology of the truck uh, with the res with the responding grenades and all that kind of stuff that WC lets you do now. Uh, it does help that army out a bunch. We had Brian on his sort of kind of weird Mega Nobsy build that's definitely come that definitely came out of basically nowhere at Leicester and was like, oh yeah, what if these units were just really good and Brian's really good at activations? Um, you know, who'd have thought just pulling completely new archetypes out of hats seems to be uh the weird faction specialist's job right now is just like, what if we just tried data sheets that are good in transports? And then that's worked for like four factions now, and it's starting to be a bit worrying, and maybe transports are broken. Um, <laughs> Look, we gotta just, you know, we have to keep the game functional somehow, and boxes do the job that we need them to do, which is an boxes important segue for later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, boxes loan up and indirect. The three, th the three pillars of the meta game, isn't it wonderful? You can smile at that. I mean, it's okay. It's something. It's it's keeping the meta present. We're still chaotic. playing. Yeah, chaotic. Ah ah. It's funny because all the cast factions are good except for demons. 
who are great allies. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had Chris, who was on my uh, WCW Atlanta list with the uh, the planes and the ball predators. And then we had myself on four Norman emissaries. Sorry, a Norman emissary and three Norman assimilators, which are um, <sighs> not great, as it turns out. Uh, they they performed pretty well at the event, but it was more in spite of having four of them than because I had four of them. It turns out Nids are just pretty good at scoring points, and OC15 is a nice stat to have. Um, yeah. But if they had been cheap enough to put units in the list, it would have been great. Um, so, yeah, we ended up, uh, we played through five rounds. Uh, our first round was against uh, basically every team we played against, except one had like a current or like a few current, a few current or past Team Scotland members on it, uh, which was super cool. Nice. Um, I'll just run through a couple of the highlights. Uh, my, well, I'll run through my games and sort of like the highlights of the round. Uh, the first round was against a uh, good uh, swear word and Tim, um, which I'm not going to say the swear word because the Americans will be offended by that one. Definitely. It's not offensive in Scotland, I promise. Um, I managed, I played against the eponymous Tim, who was playing a very strange Vanguard, uh, Vanguard Space Marines list. Uh, and it basically came down to we were playing Supply Dropper, and I went Norn. Norn, Norn, and Norn on the four middle objectives went first, pushed a Norn onto every objective, and then the middle that I'd put two Norns on ended up being the one that was sticking around, um, which was pretty good for giving him a zero prime. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that one, that one was a nice little 20 mil. <laughs> it, was really, it was really rough. Uh, Myson with his uh, GSE played against 30 Wraith Guard that game, and I'm pretty sure made it concede on turn three uh, for nice. a 20 mil. Yeah, just killed everything that wasn't a Wraith card. It's pretty fun. Um, and yeah, only one of them can Phantasm, so the other two, the other two get Boombud. Um, yep. It's not not the great place to want, where you want to be that round. Um, the second round, we played into uh, Saltar Games, who was very unfortunate in that we had two, three teams on a win uh, and, one te- and two teams on a draw, and they got the pair up into us, um, which is a, a rough place to be. Um, yeah. They scored more points than the previous team, though, which was good because the previous team scored 10 That's cool. um, out of a game. Um, so, yeah, shout out, shout out to AJ, though, who was our de- who is their Death Guard player who played Brian. Brian said he was the best player he played against and took a whole point off him. Nice. Um, good job. Yeah, it was really cool, actually. It was super good to see AJ. AJ's a player I've been working with a bunch locally and is super enthusiastic and obviously works with us and all, all the Etsy stuff on that. So it's good to see him growing and Brian giving him some recognition. Uh, what did I play that round? I played into another Space Marines list. I played against more Whirlwinds. And this was Killmore. I didn't kill a unit until like turn three. And I was starting to feel a little bit sketched out. So I'm like, I should like, I don't have any guns longer than 18 inch range. I'm just like, I got a Norn and a Dream. And then like Aggressors and Blade Guard come out and like lethal it two of them to death. And I'm like, I can't actually do anything. And then I remember that I had like one left and just like, it was a Marine Army. So I just killed everything that wasn't the Whirlwinds eventually. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So they're not just talking to 20 points anymore. It's fine. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah. And then he had a really unfortunate shadow in the warp turn where he failed with all three units on his home objective and scored a oh, zero point turn and killed and no. kill one kill more. Cause he just like, he just had to fire all three, all three Whirlwinds into a Norn on a two up save. Cause he really needed it dead and it just it, didn't die. It was like, oh, unfortunate. Um, this is one of those games where you just kind of you look at the Norns and you're like, I don't understand how this can be the most resilient unit and then die just immediately for no reason. Because you're just like, you're getting shot and you're getting shot and you're getting shot. And then like one hunter killer wound goes through and suddenly you're at three and you're like, hold on a minute. I don't yeah. like that. Ah, ah. <laughs> so you feel like one three up above average and your unit's just like gone now. It gets shot, you know, <laughs> it's just like, I don't like this. And you're, yeah. Or like... The um the very very real sense of measuring 
if anything is within four of an objective so that you can kill it and consolidate back onto your objective. <laughs> it's like, I really can't leave this or I just die. Or I'm just dead. Yep. Um, so yeah, very, very interesting one there. I won that one 16-4. Uh, the third round we played into Shire Knights, which was basically Team Scotland as five of the current Team Scotland players. Um, some highlights from this game include uh, our Eldar player playing into Mycin um, and not having a great time. That was Mycin's third 29 to Eldar on the day. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> we basically went to the tournament where we're like, are there more 20 nils or more Eldar players? And there was more 20 nils. Um And a World Eaters player, our World Eaters player having a very, very bad time into Sisters. Um, he basically went full send. And at the end of Typhus's turn one, the only units that were able to move on the board for the World Eaters were Angron, who was at about half, and a squad of Jackals. Everything else was dead, or a Rhino that was completely surrounded and unable to move or disembark. And... Yeah, that's a rough day in the fucking office, I'd <laughs> say. Yeah, <laughs> don't full send his sisters without a backup plan. Seems to be the, uh, the running theme from that one. Uh, I played oh. into Matty and his sisters in that game, um, where we basically we had this. This was the game where the hunter killers were just like driving me nuts. I just like I failed both the three ups against it and got a Norn down to like four wounds, and then two squads of Arcoflagellates killed it and killed it to the wound. And the Norn passed two feel no pains out of eighteen on the way down. I'm just like, please, please, just stop it. Just any um, amount, please, any any amount better than none. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is also the one where I most felt like the lack of involvement in the emissary because like. Those melt uh, that melt squad popping out of a transport next to the next to the triumph just going, that'll be three AP4, D6 plus two damage on all of them, and your norm yeah. just dies and you're like <sighs> Okay. Or like, you know, you fail three five ups because you armor contempted or whatever. And it's like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Uh that one mostly came down to just miracle like the really low volume of shock out on the emissaries in the simulator. Like they only have two relevant shots. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Miracle Dice generation of a Sisters Army is able to keep up with that pretty well. So you kind of need to get into combat, and there's so much garbage in the Sisters list to punch through that it just kind of ended up being awkward. We also played Scorched Earth, which is um, the Scorched Earth and Table Quarters mission, which if anybody's played Terranids knows, is a really, really tough mission to score secondaries as Terranids, because with the way the Table Quarters are, um, with that being your deployment zone, it's very, very difficult to get a like a spore mine or even a unit into there to do deploy to top of or um, behind the lines or anything like that. So you kind of get pressure into playing tactical in that kind of mission, which opens you up to getting just having like a bad draw and a bad turn. And also, I swear, every single opponent I played against that took tactical drew bring it down on the turn they killed two Norns. And I'm just like, oh. mm. <laughs> that happened like four times over the weekend. I'm just like, please, Wrong. Stop. <laughs> please stop drawing it on the exact turn you kill two Norns because it's usually like. Two of them die, and then one of them dies on like turn four, and the other one lives to the end of the game. And it's like, but every time on turn two or three, two of them die, and every single one of those by bring it down. Just like this eight points that I didn't need to give you. Yeah, I was hopeful that this would be no points, and you would just be dead or not draw this at the right time. And instead, exactly. it is a fucking bunch. Um. So yeah, that was a really that was a really cool round. Uh, we ended up winning that one pretty comfortably as well. Um. It turns out that when you 20 nil the Eldar and the World Eaters played by the two best players on the other team, uh, it goes pretty well for you as a yeah. general rule of thumb. Yeah, um, just like safe bet. Yeah, round four, we played into a team that unfortunately had uh, a drop, so they were playing with four players, so I took the buy for this round. Uh, it would have been Chaos Space Marines, uh, which would have been super interesting. Um, but the other games this round were... We had Typhus' sisters playing into Eldar, which ended up in like a fairly small win, just Arcoflatels being a pain in the ass for them to deal with, but Fuegan popping off and just, you know, claiming, like claiming a flank in Vital Ground. Fairly generally low-scoring mission in general. Um, Mycin got a 11-9 into Necrons. Chris got a small win? 
into something that I don't remember. I think he got a, oh, sorry, I think, yeah, I completely forget, unfortunately. Sorry, Chris. I don't even remember what he played against this round. Uh, I spent most of this round walking around and looking at the rest of the event, not my team, because, well, my team was just doing its stuff. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Brian played into the Space Wolves list that was doing exactly what Brian's list was doing, just jamming 18 Thunderwolves directly forward and saying, deal with this. Um, and then Brian did that with Orcs, but went first to put Mega Knobs other places, and the Thunderwolves had to come forward, and then uh, just got tabled. Um, very, very rough. Um, if anyone wants to see the list for this, yeah, someone's just shouting in the chat. It is Clan Wars Team Series on uh, Best Coast Pairings, if anybody wants to go and have a look for it. Um, otherwise, drop me some, drop a message into the Statue Discord if you're in there, and we can definitely um, point you in the right direction if you don't have a PCP subscription or whatever. Um, well, I really want to think about figure out what Chris played against. I've completely forgotten. Oh, he played, played against Ricky, and his, uh, who's one of our teammates, and his Thousand Sons. And uh, had one of those classic that plane list builds where it comes in and it should do all the damage and it doesn't and it holds on by its fingertips for a 10 10. It's like, do you know what? That's fine. It's like high roller 10 10. That works. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's fine. Magus just sitting on an objective, getting it taken off him for Storm Hostile by two whirlwinds, like classic stuff. Uh, <laughs> OC6, cool. OC6 plus attack marine. Good enough. All you need. Um, one more than zero. Um, and then the last round we played against the other Shire Knights team, so the other Falcon Club, which was captained by one of the new members of our team, Bruce. Uh, and this actually ended up being a much more interesting round. They had a really rough matrix for us in general. Um, so they had like uh, like the standard Chaos Space Marines list, they had uh, a really cool, like double Norn triple horror specs Ned's list that I ended up pairing into. Mm -hmm. Um, they had the like sort of fairly standard Death Guard list that nobody on the team wanted to play against. Um, and then they had like guard, like all the indirect guard. Uh, like you know, triple Arshaker, triple Medusa, uh, triple ba uh, Manticore, just you know, general pain in the ass things to deal with. Um, yep. <laughs> and then I forget what Brian played into this round, but it'll co it'll come back to me. Um, but yeah, broad strokes on this one was I played the Nidmer, uh, so there were six Norns on the table, which was really cool. Um, this one was the first time I got to deep strike a, a I got to put a simulator into reserves, which. So if anybody doesn't know about the Synaptic Nexus attachment, it has uh, basically doctrines. It gets one turn of plus one to advance a charge. And when a um, assimilator shoots something, it gets plus two to charge it if it's a vehicle or monster. So it can come in from reserve and get a six inch charge, or it can ingress and go real far. Uh, so in this game, it ingressed, went forward, punched the horror specs, contested the objective off an emissary, stood there, got shot and charged by the emissary and killed it. <laughs> it's like, okay, so this is where assimilators are good, is the mirror match. Keep that in mind. That's very important for any of your future Norn endeavors is that emissaries are better than assimilators, but assimilators be emissaries to death with their bare hands. Strength 9 versus strength 12 is not a comparison when you're top 11. <laughs> and the lack of armor safe doesn't matter so much. Or the lack of invulnerable safe doesn't matter so much when you can armor condemn for a 3 up against them. Yeah, I was going to say you have enough that it, who gives a shit? Yeah, for sure. The assimilators actually were like generally pretty fun the, week, like, the whole weekend. I really enjoyed playing them. Um... Mm -hmm. I could definitely see, like, if I was going to play, like, a serious, like, a more serious version of this, I was playing, like, one of each. Like, the Emissary is pretty good at, like, holding down the objectives and generally lives a little bit longer. But mm -hmm. the Assimilator is really good at a reserve and good at chasing things down. So I'm definitely going to have a bit more experimentation with that. Um, especially if you're playing Nexus, where you have, like, having two of them, it's a lot easier to manage the uh, Armic attempt from the Detachment plus for, for one CP plus the free strike on the high turn. Having mm -hmm. four of them, it gets a little awkward if somebody can, like, kill them because they start right. split firing and it gets messy. Plus, you kind of run out of 
objectives to put them on, uh, which feels weird. But you're like, I'm just gonna put this one on my opponent's home objective because it's funny. maybe it gets there and okay. No, you 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 would never do that. You double up on the middle, but it's still like a thing you can think about if your opponent doesn't like you know you're playing against like Iron Storm or something like that. It might actually be valuable because they're pretty bad at screening their deployments on. Um, the rest of that round, Typhus played a pretty close game in with the Chaos Space Marines. Um, I think the it was like a small win, um, but that's a matchup that the Chaos Space Marines have to play very carefully to like have the advantage in. Um, Chris lost to the Death Guard list, which is a tough game in general. What um, did Brian play that round? Uh, Myson 20 0 the Guard, and that was basically the round. Uh, and I 20 0 20 0 the Horror Spexes. Um, Horror Spexes are very good at killing Norns. Um, they're not great at it. But yeah, overall, uh, really, really cool event. It was uh, awesome to see a bunch of new faces out from Scotland and like the entirety of the like Team Scotland plus our like our five starters plus our five prospects were there, plus like a few of the people that were probably tapping for coach. So it was really awesome to just like get the team into a room and have a chance to like see everybody play and wander around and play it. Um so yeah, that was that was my event. Um very quickly I'll talk about like thoughts on Norns for anybody for like kind of going forward. If you want to play with Norns, they are not that bad. They are not gonna make your list amazing. Um but kind of the thinking behind playing four of them was that I really wanted to stress test like how the data sheet is and like what you can do with it. And the best way to do that is to play too much of it um, because it gets you the chance to see like what its fail cases are, what its what the success rates are, like where, where it's good, where it's bad. Like how does it do it filling a gap that, you know, you know, when you have to make a unit do something that's not meant to do, how good is it at doing that and all that kind of thing. And actually, I think in general for that, it was fairly successful. Like, I'm definitely at the point where if I was going to play two Norns, I probably would have said I would play two, two Emissaries for a while if I was thinking about it. And I think now I would play one of each. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I really liked the the extra reach on it. Like, being being down, uh, strength 12 with damage D6 plus 1 is a really, really big help in the Tyranid army. Like, there's a lot of stuff that can match the Emissary strength 9. <laughs> Um, like Exocrines and like ev- like fucking everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Hive Tarrant all kind of sit around that general like diversity of profile. Whereas the Simulator very much does something unique. It's definitely not cheap. Um, like 310 points is a lot, and I definitely think you could stand to go down a bit in the data slate. But it's kind of like close enough that I think you could justify it. Um, I also like use it as a chance to test, to test out Synaptic Nexus. Grenade striking people, like no scoping units over walls with grenade strat is really funny. Uh, with the 12 inches, you fill a battle. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, um, my perturbed opponent in the last round, battle shocked every. I killed all his synapse on turn four. Every unit in his army, except one sort of through gargles and come up with an assimilator battle shocked. And I killed his, and he had cleanse and um, engage in all fronts, which meant he couldn't score either of them, except with his biovore. Because it could generate a spore mine, but it's Pyrovore Battle Shock. So I grenade strat it and five mortal wounds to it on its own objective. <laughs> it's just like, no. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> denied him the extra denied him the yeah. opportunity. It's just like, oh, that's disrespectful, but it was very funny. Uh killing a venom with it was another highlight, but that was in a practice game. Yeah, of course. I mean, you take what you can get, right? Yeah, so it was super interesting. I'm re- I really quite liked it, but I I don't know. I've really missed Invasion Fleet. I really like having a film of pain strategy on command. I don't know why. why. And it feels like every turn unit doesn't do any damage if it doesn't have lethal hits or sustained hits as the right target. Um, um yeah, I, I think know they that, do, but I think that Nexus is better. Um, but I get the desire to play Invasion. The like a lot the... of the Tyranid guns explode when they can't fall back and do stuff. Is my like <laughs> experience. That is true, but I mean, I think you can maybe get away with that by leaning a little harder away from the need to play that. Like, MSRs and assimilators don't super need to be 
sure. you know, but the armor, is a big, the armor damage is a big game, right? So yeah. I think it depends on what direction you want to go. I really like the um, the old one eye package is pretty strong right now as well, I think, which obviously only works at Invasion Fleet. Like that is garbage outside of it. So yeah. Um, the main reason for that, for anybody who doesn't know, is uh, the Film of Pain from the Invasion Fleet is great, and uh, non-Synapse creatures can't use the Armor of Contempt stratagem, um, which means an Ultimate Squad not being Synapse struggles with that. Can you give um, them Synapse with the stupid... No, no they gain, they are treated as being in your army's Synapse range, ah, and you gain Synapse, yeah. Got it. Um, Neurotyrants are really good as well. Uh, minus one, most armies don't appreciate minus one leadership. Except sisters who have like two auras of plus one leadership. Fuck them. <laughs> That's what exorcists just do. They just have an aura of plus one leadership. It's really yeah. obnoxious if for exactly that situation. I They're playing the pipes, much. dude. Freaking, you know. Oh, actually, it's better than like having this. a relevant role. I was also very surprised about that they don't have blast. Did not, did not expect that. What? Really? Yeah, you have a visitor. I do. Hello. I'm in the middle of recording a podcast. What's up? We'll give Anthony a minute. Sorry. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Part of the fun. Part of the fun. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that's kind of brief thoughts of turrets. I'm actually super enjoying playing a bunch of turrets right now. They don't feel like the strongest thing I could be playing, but I'm kind of, I've played so much Space Marines recently uh, and so much CSM before that, that it's nice to play a profile that isn't to pass three up saves or die. Uh, it's nice <laughs> to be like two up save, toughest 11, but also good in melee as opposed to like a Redemptor. Uh, which I hate. I hate playing Redemptors. It's the same thing. No, Redemptors are bored. Redemptors don't do anything. That's the problem. Neither do Norns. No, that's not true. Norns slap exactly into Space Marines. <laughs> Watching a Norn pick up a full squad of... Norn picked up a full squad of Blade Garden. I was very impressed with it. Is that even very... close to the usual output of that thing? Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, like, he failed... I did one... That, like, I killed one in shooting... And then I put 10 AP2 saves on it, all of which were multi damage. Oh, all right. <laughs> I guess. You just look like the real ones to hit and wound, and you're like, all hit, all wound. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Does he hit on twos? No, he hits on threes, right? No, the Norn hits on twos. Oh, it does? Yeah. That's got everything but the character keyword. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nor- Norn's hit real hard. I'm just so used to people being like, they're bad, that I'm like, maybe they're bad. They they are not, I, I think that's kind of where I ended up. They're not bad, they're just expensive, um, yeah. which is a much more interesting place to be because you can fix expensive with points changes. You can't really fix a bad data sheet other than by making it really cheap. Yeah. Um, they do the stuff I they're think. meant to do. They just, you don't get enough stuff to support playing the list. Yeah. I think they should just drop Norn's like 30 points. Just let Tyranid have something that balls. You could drop the MSR like there. I think this one could probably start it down a little bit more given that it's 20 points more expensive and worse. Yeah. Um, drop that one 50 points. Fuck it. Yeah. Ship it. It's, it's still tough to compare to like you can get a horror specs and an X screen for the same points, but they at least do some interesting stuff. God, that's fucking dire. But yeah. I know, right? The horror specs is a 125 point data sheet that's toughness 11 with a three up save and 14 wounds that's pretty good in combat and it's unplayable garbage. Uh- <laughs> well, because movement's bad, right? That's the It's idea. like movement eight. Oh boy. Yeah. If that film the pain strategy when assimilation swarm wasn't two CP, I think uh for film the pain if you're on an objective for uh, all respects is pretty yeah. cool, but it's two CP and not a battle tactic, so it's just like you're never using that. Oh my god. I know, right? Yeah. I Tyranids make me upset. I wanna believe they should just be like the Godzilla faction and instead they're just like lame. 
It definitely felt like the Godzilla faction. Like we uh, we were fighting over Tokyo in games in Game Five, man. Oh we, yeah, sure. There were, I... there were <laughs> six Norns and three Horror Specs and an X screen on that board. It was Kaiju Monster Mash. It was great. Yeah. It was like playing Rock'em Sock'em Robots. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it was really interesting. Like playing them into like middle factions felt fine. Like into Marines and into Sisters and all that kind of thing. Like there were limitations to them, but they were cool. I I enjoyed playing with them. Yeah, uh, which is more than I can see for Jormungar for last year's experiment. Uh. <laughs> uh, teams where you could take abject garbage and just let the rest carry you, and you could be like, "All right, we want anyway, whatever. It doesn't even matter." Exactly. Um, so yeah, four, three, zero, oh, and one for me personally. Uh, four if you include the buy, which I'm not because that's boring. Um, yeah, it was cool. I'll play two Nords in the future. It was interesting. Oh, right. I'm going to open this box and I'm going to tell the story of the box. Tilton. Okay. I'm going to get up and close this door so that that That's doesn't fair. happen again. I'll be right back. You tell so, the story of the box. As I understand it, and it's not a very good story for the, like the, the, the house, the whys and the wares, but Red Dragon, uh, our sponsor, Dan, had them had uh, the X and One podcast spin a wheel for uh, a, co- a host to receive some stuff. Um, and I don't know what the stuff is, but my name popped out of that wheel. And so I received a box about a week ago, uh, and I was told I'm not allowed to not open it on stream. Now, in the past, I'm pretty sure Cliff's received some weird stuff. I don't actually know what Cliff received. I don't think he ever told us. But Nathan got like a Bane Blade, and he doesn't play guard. Um, so I'm a little worried, a little skeptical. This box weighs about three kilos six pounds for uh, any u.s listeners it's huge it's the size of my dog uh, my dog is not small it's been in my house for a week and i've not been allowed to open it which is upsetting because i am like a child on christmas and i am very 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 curious what's in it and honestly i think at this point i've talked about it so much that so are my family and they're kind of like getting worried about it so what we're going to do is I'm going to open this massive box and I'm going to do it as much as close to on camera as I can. Um, but I'm pretty sure my address is on it. So I'm going to be a little careful because as much as I love our fans, I don't love them that much. Um, so let's, let's have a go. Uh, I'm going to like show off the box, like a tiny amount, trying to hide the address just to. Do you not have a pen near you that you could just blot the address it's a big ass box okay that is a big ass box <laughs> right oh man chat i do hope it's just maple syrup that would be fucking hysterical all right just in case i have scribbled out the address that, that should be fine good job okay Gr- great work right uh predictions Way too many models. It's just I hope There's, it's just. A... I can hear bases. So yeah. Uh, come on, chat. What do you think? Please be Tau. Oh, that would be fucking brutal. I... So like, I know it's not going to be something that I would I would want, right? That's the <laughs> just a bunch of the bad terrain kits. That would be also funny. That would be quite funny. I don't think it's going to be that. Dan, Dan spent way too much money sending this over. So. A- AOS Endless Spells is good. Eldar. Just a full Eldar army. That would also be funny. It's 
12 Hammerfall bunkers is pretty good. <laughs> See, now the problem is, is that this is just giving Dan ideas for the next one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Which I'm oh, hoping man. goes to you or... What would be really funny is if it was the frontline table that you had to play on in OVO. <laughs> Alright, let's do this. Let's see it. 50 boxes of boxwalkers. I'm also here for that. That would be funny. It's gonna definitely obscure the mic and all that stuff, so it's gonna have to sit on my lap and on the desk. Alright, let's see it. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> He's already mad? That's a good start. <laughs> well, someone was right. What is it? Oh no! It's in hot dark. <laughs> it's and Harlequin troop and warlocks. This is it. This is how Innis starts Eldar. A hemlock wraith fighter. What is that? I can't even see. That's a wave serpent. Wave serpent. Nice. <laughs> he dropped that one. He was like, fuck you. I'm dropping a lot of it. Yeah. Dice are nice. They the have other symbols nice. on them, but. Yeah. Oh, for... oh it, gets, it gets better. It gets better. What's this? Dark oh, no. Reapers? The models, the models we're just going through now. Like, I'm just showing people like, what Dan sent me. Mm -hmm. I've been diagnosed with Eldar player, unfortunately. Yep. <laughs> okay. Now there are two other boxes inside the box that are both labeled with a one-letter word. What is it? Um, the and then two by thirty-six by fifty-four G on them. Um, which, if anybody knows, will be like an inventory like weight measurement. Which is to say, there's seventy-two. Butterfingers in this box. Oh, nice! <laughs> and then Strong. there's another, and then there's another one of those. So Sam is also trying to kill me. Yeah, he's an enabler, an Eldar enabler. Well, now you get to join the vaunted ranks of WTC God King Eternal Captains that play Eldar. I mean, I'm glad that my phrasing is at least. <sighs> Welcome, Ennis. You're an Eldar player now. Turn your head so we can see the point in the ears. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. It's meant to be just the middle finger. Yeah, yeah, you tried. I need to bring the butterfingers to the shop. Apparently, you give me a bunch of elder boxes, I'll bring up a box of butterfingers. <laughs> He'll trade you. <laughs> 72 butterfingers for 10 Wraith Gardener Yinkar. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're actually not a good trade. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how much you like butterfingers. For fuck's sake. You're an Eldar player now. Everybody got to watch you become one live on stream. That was beautiful. It, it even brought the self-hatred. Dan, why? <laughs> this is your fault, Anthony. My fault? Yeah. Dan's what did I do? Oh. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'll take that. That that can be my fault. You did lose your Eldar player to us. Just so we could pair him into mirrors and make him sad. Oh, well, as long as you're doing that, I don't mind. Yeah. Um, Can't believe you're bringing Eldar to LVO. Oh, well, man. I'm, I mean, the Eldar army might show up at LVO. I won't be attached to it, but... Yeah. <laughs> so, thank you to Red Dragon for sending us up. A life-changing box Boxed for NS. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, um, we're going to be doing such a giveaway uh, next episode. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, Giving away some Butterfingers? No. Have you seen the size of me? I need them all. Uh, oh. You're going to go through a box just from the sadness of becoming an Eldar player live on I feel camera. like I should eat one live on stream, but I really don't want to open a box of 72 Butterfingers. <laughs> It's too many barfingers. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a fair amount. It's seven hundred. It's almost like almost a kilogram of barfingers. Yeah. What's your paint scheme plan for the Eldar? Oh yeah. So I was thinking of just dousing them in like red paint and just being like, "This is the blood of everyone that you." I don't know. Eat the elves. Assemble the bottle of barfingers. I think I could use <laughs> two barfingers with with like half barfinger arms as transcendent katan. Yeah, something like that. I would believe that. Well, you waited. I did. Nearly a week. Nearly a week. for Just to find out, somebody. you play Eldar now. I'm glad someone appreciated that I was just chucking the balls on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's how you handle things. That's how, I, that's how everyone should handle it. They'll, they'll phantasm. They'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, Ennis is not known for his grace and dexterity. <laughs> That's very true. Um, with that, then, I'm told I get to spin a wheel, but I don't have a wheel prepared, and I'm not preparing a wheel. So, I mean, that's so easy to set up just on the internet. You could have... I know, but then I have to, like, stream it and stuff. Okay, Anthony, entertain the masses. Oh, man, entertain the masses. Uh, I have Cat. How's that? Here we go. Pick up the camera. Talk Rotate. about Warhammer Muppet. Yeah, but there's a cat. That's way more interesting than Warhammer. Come on. Um, I don't really have anything interesting right now. We have some team scrims going that are kind of cool. Um, we are scrimming against XPZ as Team USA, which is cool. It'll be like the first time that we scrim just a group that's not an, uh, like another national team. Um, if you are a USA club and you have eight and you're interested reach out to me specifically and let me know and i will try and get some time in a calendar for eight people to play eight people uh if you guys are at the level one interested and into it um oh well, i got a whole bunch of questions at the same time oh sick good job chat give me something to talk about uh what are my hopes for the world leader codex i don't really have any like specific things that i'm looking for um some new models would be cool but like i don't want them to like make jugger jugger cav and have that take away from like the power budget of eight bound because I like eight bound play, like a lot and I really want them to be really good. So I don't want the stupid can't run through walls units to take away from that. Um, what's the plan with flesh eater courts? Uh, the plan is to play 18 horrors and Assurance and train people just like absolutely big boy time them into the ground. Um, you're assembling world leaders, Alex. Good job, excellent work, Mr. Cass. Um, Ashley said, what faction would your cat play? My cat is 
thick and lazy, uh, so probably custodes. Um, and yeah, blood slaughters and world leaders would be pretty hype. I mean, like that unit's really cool. I would like to have like a vehicle that isn't a rhino, but like I don't know. I'm here with my infantry boys. We're doing pretty good. Um, hopefully, they like. If you read the world leaders like ninth book, there's like a lore section that clearly lays out like si where they go over like six broken off parts of the legion. So it really looks like they're alluding to what the six detachments could be, and they all have like distinct things they do. But who knows? Um, Hopefully we get one for like Karn and his lads, and we get uh, we get some like AP on Corn Berserkers or something. That'd be cool. Oh boy. Oh god, my name's on this. I hate that. Your name's not just on this, buddy. Your name's on this in between everybody else's names through the free space. Oh no! You <laughs> <laughs> didn't say I had to spin a fair wheel, and I've decided that you should be diagnosed with something you don't like. Well, away we go. It's not even going to land on me. It's going to hit Nathan. Oh, stop. No. Stop. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy. Jeremy, you're next. Uh, do you know what? After the price Dan paid for that one, I'm just kind of okay. Uh, yeah, that's okay. You can yeah. deliver this one. <laughs> well, you escaped this time, Vanilla. Yes. Yeah. Uh, safe. Easy. <laughs> Empty boxes of rhinos full of eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Jeremy's gonna get death guard. Jeremy's not gonna get death guard. Jeremy should get. Jeremy's gonna get something. He's gonna get a chaos faction because he plays dark angels. I hope he gets. I wonder demons. if Dan could find any of the old boxes of fallen, which were oh, just the dark angels company veterans, but different packaging. Just a ton of them. I mean, Dan, you could drive to my house too if you weren't a coward, but. I don't think that's how that works, sir. There's fairies. It's technically driving. Fairies? Like, you drive a car onto a ship, it's possible. I guess. Give Jeremy Eldar too. Yeah, Dan's just offloading the Eldar at, a, at an insane he's rate. Just, he's gonna give Dan Wraithguard the day after the balance day, it's like. Aww. Sad. Sword and board rate knights from the used shop. That would be sick. Now we don't tell Jeremy that he won or what he won. Yeah, let's just not tell Jeremy anything. He doesn't edit the episode or anything. I'm sure. I was gonna say won. he's gonna know. Uh, maybe not. We'll see soon. Look, the main thing is we should do the plugs and then we can do show questions. Yeah, you should do that. <sighs> I know. I'm so bad at it. Yeah, that's why it's fun. Get after it, soldier. Okay. Hey, everybody, and thank you for being with us for Stat Check episode 72. Uh, this is a bit more of a casual episode as we are missing the stats people, which is, you know, half of Stat Check. But we hope you're enjoying the show so far as we go through the various stages of grief and Anthony goes through the various stages of joy because um, I think Anthony's having a great time right now. Uh, if you enjoy what we're doing and you'd like to hear more of it for whatever godforsaken reason that you enjoy listening to this, there are many. Many of them are due to the quality. Some of them are due to the suffering. And honestly, we're not judging you. Whichever one of those you prefer, we understand. They're both quite funny. 
please do check us out at youtube.com slash stat check where you can see all the back episodes as well as all the extra shows that we do like x and one and end of the matrix um they are both wonderful wonderful shows i think end of the matrix remains the single best 40k content that is created by anyone anywhere and you should definitely go and check it out and x and the one is also wonderful if you're anybody playing 40k that doesn't have the opportunities to push all your time into this but wants to find out how to spend it the most optimally it's great for that and then obviously end of the matrix is doing a ton of team coverage i'm expecting that they'll do a bit more of a coverage from clan wars uh given that typhus was there but we'll see what happens i don't know what their schedule looks like for the next few weeks uh i know this week's an x and one week because uh tim and cliff and typhus both separately missed the last two weeks of last week of their show each so we're just back on regular schedule <sighs> you can also check out a bunch of our sponsors like red dragon who send us wonderful things you can even get better eldar than this uh if you want for example wraith guard and yinkarn i'm sure dan has them in stock uh, if you want to get the units that are probably going to be really broken after the balance data slate, like I'm assuming still somehow Fuegan and probably Warwalkers, I'm sure Dan has some of those in stock as well. If you're one of our patrons, which you can do at patreon.com slash statcheck, you could even get a wonderful 20% discount on those, uh, as well as access to even more of our lovely conversational skills and the Vibe Check League and all that kind of good stuff in Patreon. As for our other sponsors, check out Whalen Yutani at whalen-yutani.com. I want to say, please do check the ones in the social description. If you use code statcheck5 at checkout, you can get WC Terrain and a bunch of other various things like that uh, with a 5% discount code. And it also gives a bit of help to us. And let's, and let's just let's issue know that you came from Statcheck. Also, check out Ed, Ed Saltar Games on Etsy, where you can see a bunch of tokens and all that kind of stuff. Um, the Deep Strike markers and things like that. We got uh, Team Scotland ones done for the weekend. Uh, I'm sure if you get in touch, if you've got a bit, you want to do like a bigger order for a couple something like that, uh, I'm sure Saltar Games can help you out, especially if you're in the UK. What else do I need to plug? Uh, Stat-check.com slash coaching. If you're interested in getting help from either myself or Typhus in pushing your game to the next level or any level, please do get in touch. We would love to give you a hand uh, in growing as a 4AK player. Um... Anthony, have I forgotten any plugs? I don't think so. You've listened to like 70 of these now, right? So I it, it's bold to assume I've listened to any of the individual times you've done this, other than just like zoning out into the void while you do them. That's right. It's basically what I do as well. Yeah. Um you just like it's like the chat. Have I missed, them, have I missed any episode. plugs? You guys will know better than I do. Yeah. Um anyway, if chat mentions that I've forgotten any plugs, then I'll I'll do them again. But uh yeah, that, that's uh, that's the best I got. Um, we probably also have other social media, but don't bother with that stuff. It's not great. Uh, we don't use it a ton. All right, we're going to do questions. If you are in the Patreon, please go to the Show Questions channel and find the thread for this week's episodes. If you post in the Show Questions channel on Discord, you will 100% get your question answered. If you do not, then we're gonna, we will do our best to get it from chat. If you've chucked in a super chat, we will definitely get to it. Um, but no promises otherwise because time is limited and at some point humans sleep, I'm told. Um, well, what I'm actually going to go is go and read a bunch more of the new book that Doug put me onto. Um, but Damn you know, it, Doug, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure I've read like like a book and a half in the past two days of like a web serial called The Wandering In, and I'm it's like 12 million words long or something like that. So, is it uh, good or I, are you just fixated? It's to very quickly hyperfix it. Uh, a little bit of that, a little bit of like it's, it's got really cool world building, and I'm an absolute sucker uh, for it. And that it's uh, just like it's very because it's really long and it's a web serial. It's got a lot of time to like live and breathe and just like slice of life at a little bit in a really cool, interesting fantasy world. So yeah. it just kind of like sunk its hooks into me very quickly and was like, hey, here's all these secrets that you don't get to know about. Why don't you keep reading? Um, and then it's generally like pretty funny and like you know nice. So you know it's good, but it's not like 
I don't know. I'm going to read all of it unless I really, really slow up on it. I have read Worm before, actually. Uh, it was really good. I tried reading Pact and I could not get into it. Uh, I have like a pretty sure I got a PDF download of Worm and I tried to reread it, but I couldn't like be bothered. Uh, I kind of got like halfway through it. Worm is like a superhero's column. Um, so yeah, uh, we're going to join with the questions now uh, before I just start working on We start a book podcast. That's what I need. Um, there you go. Just blast. Do it slow and just... There we go. <laughs> just do it solo and just like info dump every episode just be like bam here's a whole bunch of info see you next week folks yeah we'll have book check going on a separate channel within book two weeks check. it's better than stat book <laughs> just me telling you how much i read this week yeah, <laughs> so i read 17.3 percent of this book yeah we're, we're not gonna do that um yeah all right the first question was how much did the box weigh and the box weighed as I said, 2.7, 2.8 kilograms or about six pounds. It was a hefty, hefty book. Uh, a hefty, hefty box. Strong. Sam asks, what are some New Year's resolutions or goals for 2024? Go for it. I am, fingers crossed, assuming I don't fumble the bag in this last like interview step, starting a new job. So I... Uh, we'll be trying to learn new things as they relate to the cloud computing world. Um, it's a big shift for like what I do, but assuming that all goes well, it'll be pretty cool. So doing well at that job, pushing Team USA hopefully to a dub this year, um, helping with the rest of leadership to do that. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Smashing in 40k, keeping it staying alive. <laughs> That's it, Ennis? Uh, I've not, I don't, I don't really do New Year's resolutions because I'm really bad at sticking to them, but I have just sort of like generally over the last month or so been working on doing a bit more reading and a bit more like taking care of myself. So basically just continuing with that. Alana was a bit of a like, you need to take better care of yourself for me. So been putting a little bit on that um, in terms of like partly, you know, like being a little, uh, you know, carrying a little more weight than I would like to. Um, yep. Not being like t doing too many tournaments back to back and like n not giving myself appropriate break between them, things like that. Just you know, taking a little bit better, a bit, bit more time to do better on that for myself, and also getting back to reading more because I spend a lot of time watching garbage YouTube videos that I really shouldn't, and you know, getting into reading a bit more consistently. So I'm trying to do like a little bit of exercise every day, a little bit more reading every day, eat a little bit better, just kind of stuff like that. But it's not really a new resolution; it's just something I've been a little bit doing for the past few weeks already. But it times out with the new year, so can't complain. Yeah. Okay, Sam also asks, when growing a local competitive scene, where's the bathroom taking, taking a super team and splitting the best players up to create equal competitive teams? Mm, that's a tough one. Um, I feel like just generally you shouldn't be super teaming it if your goal is growth. Um, but if your goal is to win the tournament, then you should just fucking do that like, and just be honest about it. Don't be like, ah, oh, you know, we're all going to play like memes and then fuck about yeah no i was a little upset about that too um uh, I, oh that wasn't that wasn't even supposed I know, to be like I know, a direct I'm, shot but like i, I get in, it but yeah, in general like true. just just be like you know like if you want to win that's cool but like you know show some fucking vigor with it be like yeah i'm here to win so we took the right shit to fucking win um i think that stuff's fine to do but i think that a lot of times in the 40k space and this applies to singles as well um people are a little like intellectually dishonest with themselves so that if in case they lose it's fine and i think that the community in general would benefit more from people being like hey i'm like here to try to win 
because I want to do that because the winning is cool. Um, we, I don't, this is like complete sidetrack, but like kind of related to what you were just talking about there. So I'll, we'll come back to the rest of the question for a second in a minute. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody read the goon or, or a lot of people read the um, the Goonhammer player profiles on World Championships. Um, basically, they did like a, they got a bunch of the top players from like the UK, the US, a few from other places for Sigmar and 40k, and were like, uh, and got them to just kind of like put down what their goal was for the tournament. And I, I think about 95% of people were like, oh, I'm just here to have fun and like try and do the best, best I can. And I put in mind, like, I'm here to try and win the tournament, right? And I, and like Rob from Goodhammer, the guy that had like organized it, was like, I think you were like the only person that said that. Uh, and it was like kind of refreshing. So I think there's a very real degree of people wanting to be humble in this kind of space, but also that a lot of times I feel like it can come across a little bit disingenuous. Like you came to the tournament to try and win. You don't have to like hide it and it's okay to want to try and win tournaments. And I think the team can benefit a lot from people being honest with that and just being like, Hey, I'm here to try and win. I'm, you know, I'm not here to fuck spiders. So to say, right. That's the, yeah. the Aussie way. Um, there's nothing wrong with like being humble about it, but it was interesting to see that there were so many people that going to the literal board championships that were like, uh, yeah, just, uh, just, just a little dude here to have some fun and show myself. Off. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, <laughs> I mean, like, that's just, like, very common in 40k, I find, is that, like, more than any other, like, competitive space I've been in, um, especially as it compares to fighting, but fighting is, like, too much in the other direction, where, like, <laughs> some, like, B-level dude with, like, a barely a winning record is like, I'm gonna be world champ! And you're like, alright, fucking wind it in. Um, but, like, the... When it comes to 40k, it's really weird that, like, you know, like, the dudes in, like, the six-in-one bracket are like, yeah, I'm just not very good. It's like, okay like maybe relax yeah i mean like, I, I tried to go like you know you try to hedge yourself a little bit like i'm gonna try and win but i'll be happy with like x and one in both sets right sure and i went a yeah. little bit below that and you know i was still fairly happy with what i did right but yeah i was there to try and win the tournament i was under no illusions that it wasn't likely because it's not likely for anybody you know uh, there yeah. were 170 players in that room. If you assume even roughly equal distribution, you're sub 1% to win any tournament that you go to that's got that level of caliber. But somebody's got to win it. Why can't it be you, right? Yeah. I usually, the way I approach it is not like at like a macro level. I think about like having set goals like that for events is like almost crazy. It's like, it's just like game to game, man. Just like one at a time, play the game that's in front of you. I want to win every game that I play. That's honest. But like, I don't necessarily care about winning every tournament i go to i fucking want to i mean like case in point this thing from cali cup is literally sat next to me on my desk like i'm very proud of that thing um but you know it's less about like i just think that it's funny that people are like oh i'm just a guy you know i'm gonna have a couple beers and have a good time and you know you can do that and want to win the tournament it's okay yeah, guys both Don't... are true <laughs> yeah um so this to swing back to the question uh i have a very real uh, this is the question. What's the balance between taking a super team and splitting up the best players? One is that splitting up the best players relies on it just being local. So for a lot of events, if you're trying to like get people to come in from outside or anything like that, there's no you don't have any control over that, right? So for for us, for example, if we run an event in Scotland and like Team England decide to show up, they're not going to hedge their bets. They're going to bring their team, right? Uh, and we tried to we were like hoping to have Team Northern Ireland over and all that kind of thing. And you want to put down put together your best foot to get the best opportunities you can. It also gives people a chance to see that. Also, all my friends are good competitive players. I don't spend a lot of time hanging out with my local community, and I wouldn't know who to ask or you know wouldn't necessarily be able to do that. I asked my friends who were the other people that were really good. So there's a degree of like yeah, split it up, but it's tough, right? There's never there's never any clean answer in there. I think the bigger the event, the less it matters. But obviously for local things. 
you know, if you're doing like a local like four person team event that there's four teams going to, you probably don't need to descend with, you know, Anthony, Naden, Jack and John, but still funny. So but you can. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's also the other side of things of it. It's interesting to, you know, you pull up a team like that and everybody plays a good game that you play against, right? Like if you're the team that's, you know, pull, pulls them in the first round. Yeah, you're probably going to get schooled, but everybody gets a chance. Nobody feels like they're playing against the dud player on a good team or anything like that, right? So, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I don't think there's any there's any one answer, and it's always going to be, it's always to a degree, right? Like if every team agreed to do the same thing, but if what if you know you have uneven numbers of the top players, and you end up with like one team that's three and one team that's two, and then it doesn't, like it gets messy, right? It gets messy quickly. Yeah. Cool. Sam, yeah, then. Asks a third very interesting question of Anthony and Ennis. It's been a while since you both started doing coaching. What are some of the biggest lessons learned and how has your style and approach changed over time? Do you want to start uh, with that one? Sure. Um, the biggest thing that I've learned is that honestly, most people just need like consistent reps against high val like high um higher level opposition. So most of what I do at this point is like basically no coaching. Like going into a given event will like go over like terrain and like some deployment steps in tts but usually what i'm doing at this point is being like hey like every other week or so we're just going to play a game on tts from like the rip to the finish and i'm going to just like every you know small mistakes i see you make we'll correct and we'll go over different play lines as we're going and i find that that's just like infinitely better use of both like my and their time um different people pick me up for coaching for different things um so, like, I've had people reach out to me for coaching for, like, yo, I want to structure a tournament season. How did you do yours? Um, and that was, like, an interesting way of doing coaching because um, they were, like, you had a very sharp come up very quick and I would like to be on Team USA eventually. And, like, how do I do that, you know? Um, so there's, like, a couple of steps, like, a couple of different, like, it depends on what people are coming to you with coaching for. Um, and it's just, like, you know who what why but the, the biggest thing for me has been switching mostly to playing like full tts games and going over the why of a given move rather than the what that's fair um for me it's weird i don't know if i it's hard to be like there's a style to it because a lot of what i do is uh, i do a lot of one-offs and i have a lot of recurring clients as well it kind of like it varies between them oh there's a, a lot huge of... difference between what those calls look like right exactly. like, like a yeah. lot of the the one-offs tend to be like get spend like the first half hour or so getting to the headspace of like what the person's looking for spend the half last half hour like workshopping like a way to push that and develop it uh, i think the biggest thing for me has been the same as anthony's like involving tts as much as possible where like where it will be useful for people like going through deployments talking about like trying to get people to like pull up past games and things like that um and doing like Every client I've worked with that does game reviews has basically gotten a ton more, a ton more out of it than anybody that doesn't. You know, like going through and actually like having the pictures and being able to go through and be like, hey, why did you make this decision here? Why did you make that decision there? Because, you know, as much as, you know, I can play a game with somebody, seeing what they're struggling with when they're playing as people at their level, when they're in their sort of like natural state, so on so to say, um, does a ton for like helping to identify why and what kind of mistakes they're making in their because like it's it's all very well and good for me to play someone on TDS and be like, hey, this is the mistake you made. But unless I unless they are capable of 
taking it and like demonstrating it and doing it like consistently in like in the wild so to speak it's hard to be it's hard to see if they're actually doing that growth uh, and the clients that like very consistently go through those games and talk through them make a lot make a ton of progress and that's been that's been the biggest thing is trying to push people to do that but some people just don't work well with that like they don't they struggle to take the pictures or they struggle to do the look back and you know you just like working around that limitation and trying to find other ways to do the same kind of thing has been really right. interesting and i enjoy i enjoy the challenge of that as well which is yeah, because not not everybody's good at remembering to take pictures, even if they've got the app, or you know they're not good at remembering the game. It's, you know, uh, they don't have the same level of like recall for it or understanding of why they made the decisions they did. So you work around it, right? Yep. Cool. Good question, Sam. Thank you. Um, That's Samboy smart. Right. Logan asks: With subfactions moving away from established groups like chapters, sets, etc., should tournaments go back to how? No, no. Uh, so I'm not asking the rest of your question. No, Logan, that's not like <laughs> should backstory be part of the battle ready points is the question he's asking. Oh god, no. No. Spray a bottle. No. <laughs> uh and then Logan also asks, inspired by Innocent Norris, what models do you try to use even if it no longer has rules? Uh well That's I not use... how I interact with the game. If I have models that are appropriate for a role that do not have rules, I will use them. So, like, I use my Whirlwind Scorpius as a Whirlwind because it's the same thing. Um, but in general, it's more of like a I have them, why not use them than a specific like desire to use them. I will, in general, like, I have some like metal space marine characters. Uh, if I have like a metal version or primarish version, I'll use the metal version because it's more it's funnier. Um, but that's about it. Uh, how many eggs you fit in that box? so many eggs dude you could you could fit more eggs in that box than i could fit bases in my mouth 100 percent. you think so yes um okay. what's the best song with the word box in the title i do not know basically any songs with box in the title but let me just search my playlist and see if i have an answer anthony do you have one ready to hand no, no, I do not. Let's go to my liked songs and look for search the word box and see. I'm gonna search happens. all of my playlists, and if I have anything that has the word box in it, then I will shout out that specific song. Thus far, we are struggling. Oh, it's "Life in a Box" by Stick to Your Guns. Easy. That song's good. I don't. I don't have one, guys. Sorry. <laughs> yep. Um. Well, Spirit Box doesn't count. That's the name of the band, Sam. Focus. Yeah, because like, I mean, like Matchbox Twenty is pretty solid, but I mean, ah, let's not get carried away. Somebody said it in the chat, so I just showed it. Oh, okay. Um, they have one good song. I've only ever heard "How Far We've Come." So, oh, uh, Jukebox Hero is pretty good. Um, yeah, struggling. Uh, Next, okay. Adam asks, Matchbox 20 or Boxcar Racer? Um, I don't know who Boxcar Racer are, so definitionally. Yeah, same. Uh, boxes or briefs? Boxers. It depends. No, I'm big. Can't do briefs. Chafing. Fair. <laughs> Box step or salsa? Uh, no right. strong preference. I don't know. Let me. <laughs> Steven Box, question mark. Beat Brian. Land Raiders. <laughs> All right. I don't know, man. It's Team USA tryout and lost to Stephen Box. It's pretty good. That's true. Um, tips for friendly travel, travel friendly display board. You're asking the wrong people for display board. Yeah, unlucky. So uh, close. Ain't never done that. Ain't never gonna. Yeah, just just time to the week wrong. 
Uh, when are we getting metadata box plots? We are. I don't even know what that means. Um, why must you guys hate Big Boy Time when Tim and Cliff love it? What? How dare you? <laughs> Anthony, what's your relationship like with Big Boy Time? It's really good, usually. It's just, you know, sometimes it's not always good back to me. I try. I try to Big Boy Time. It just, you know, sometimes it sucks. That Talos build for Drukari was as close to Big Boy Time in an elf faction as you could get. I don't know. Yunkarn, uh, you could do Yunkarn Avatar triple rate, uh, double Wraith Knight, right? Sure. Yeah, but I wasn't playing Eldar then. So. Yeah, that's right. Um, I so really, really, really love Big Boys conceptually, right? I put in my first ever tournament with Knights and Knights and Space Marines. I my Bellacore is one of my nicest painted models. I love all my big demons. I love the big nids. Like the Norns are super fun. Um, nothing in 40k stresses me out more than rolling a four up of vulnerable save on a model with like 16 wounds. Um, I hate it so much. Um, playing Bellacore genuinely gives me like stress nightmares. I'm just like, I can't do this. I don't I don't like this. Anytime I take a damage, anytime like a model like that takes damage from a gun that's less than a last cannon, I like don't enjoy it. I'm just like not having a good time. If I take like two damage or a heavy bolar, I'm like fucking disrespectful. Uh, yeah, I just I don't deal well with it. Getting grenade strand is like my nightmare right now. Uh, like wow. a grenade, getting grenade strand on Bellacore would genuinely like I, I might just jump. Uh, I watched uh, Bellacore take six damage uh, from a lethal hits heavy bolter and was like, nice, cool. Yeah. Um, so. I generally like when I played when I played Big Boy Knights. It was when they were immune to guns that were less than strength seven, right? Like that's that's when I came out with like big boys. You know, you couldn't yeah. hurt them with a las gun. It wasn't possible. The fact that it's possible now, I don't enjoy. Like I haven't played Knights since seventh edition. Um, I played them like very minorly in eighth edition because like I had to uh, because like the castle meta existed, but like that was about mm -hmm. it. Um, I like flirt with demons occasionally because they're fun, but they're, they're a casual army. Um, and like Norns was stressful. Like anytime my Norn gets shot and I have to roll two up save on it, I'm just like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. Hilarious. Um, so I enjoy Big Boy Time existing. I'm glad that it can for the people who, but I'm constantly on edge that it's good and that I'll have to play it because it's the, the thing that stresses me out the most is rolling like, give me a three up save. I'll roll a three up save all day. Give me a four and vulnerable save on a model that has to be alive. No, I don't. I don't like that. No, no, thank you. Playing the lion even is like I don't. I don't like it. I don't like getting. I don't like the lion getting shot. Um, imagine they'll get having your lion get shot by Fuegan. How stressful that would be. I don't want that. <laughs> it's not a life you're willing to lead. Exactly. I don't. I don't want to live on live in the world where like a four rollable into a three up with a potential reroll is like what I'm banking my game on. No, thank you. Give me like thirty idiots for the same points. Thanks. What's the worst company holiday slash Christmas event you've ever been through? Asks Derek. Uh, I don't really have one. Most of the companies I've been part of have been basically fine. I've never been involved in one. Yeah, no. Uh, the ones at my like very first IT job were actually really nice. It was just like, you know, the group hanging out. Yeah, like Tesco didn't really do anything. I We didn't do a works night out for my, my last job. And then... I like my the job I had before I went, I went back to uni didn't do anything and then uh we didn't have a stat check night out so <laughs> yet <laughs> we didn't have a stat check Christmas night out where we all just sit in voice and drink on like the 27th or something yeah could do maybe have a look at that 
Um, we are due the due due the um, due the group uh, like movie watching night or something. Oh like. Jesus, yeah. Like we, we promised that a while ago. Yeah. Um, what's the least Christ forty k Christmas least Christmas forty k character? Least Christmas Inquisitor Kamrazov. He won't even let you decorate his chair. Yeah, that's true. That dude would I, be real upset if you tried to hang baubles off his tw- off his three barrel multi melee that doesn't have three shots. It has two, but it's plus six range. Um, uh, I feel like Scarbrand's probably not a huge fan of the holidays. Yeah, but you could definitely. I could see Scarbrand letting you decorate his wings. Maybe. Maybe. I could. I could see it. I'm not convinced. He chops down the Christmas tree with his big axe, lets you decorate his wings, covered in baubles. I could see. He's not using them for anything else. Yeah, he's certainly not making it to fucking melee. <laughs> <laughs> so Robert ingresses forward, lad. Oh. Uh... I think Cole would have a great time. I think Cole really enjoys Christmas. He enjoys the social Oh, tradition. yeah. He's all about it, dude. Yeah, Cole dresses up as Santa for his local, for his local, like, um, his local hive, hive uh, like, hive scum, uh, like, nursery. He goes yep. down, he's ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. He gives them all, like, mechanical dogs that eat your brains. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's good um, for somebody. Not him, but yeah, somebody. Yeah. But he, he's gone before it affects him. Yeah, that's um, fair. Okay. What's the most overrated food ingredient, in your opinion? Uh... If I taste onion in anything, it drives me wild. Like, the texture of onion just, like, triggers me horribly. Uh, really? I, yeah. So, like, if I have like a burger and it's got like onion bits in it, as opposed to just like onion through it, I I can't do it. Um, huh. And also, uh, I generally just don't like garlic. But I think I may be a vampire because I don't like sunlight. I'm very pale, and I don't like garlic. So yeah, that's fair. And I'm pretty sure a stick of the heart would kill me. So you know, like it's it certainly would. Yeah. Um, I don't. What's overrated? What like goes and stuff that I'm just like, come on, ah. Uh... I can't really think of anything offhand. Bay leaves, oh, I'm pretty sure, is just like a scam, but yeah, probably. Gold leaf is definitely up there. Every like influencer is putting gold leaf just to make their stuff more expensive now. That's quite. Oh, funny. is that is that real? It's stupid. Yeah, it has, like it's that. like completely tasteless and it passes straight through you. But um, cool. <laughs> I could see Glark making beef Wellingtons with gold leaf through them. Yeah, I could see that. That seems real. Um. Thanks, Ben. Um. Andrew asks, do you think a guard list using Chimeras and Torox is similar to the Or Trust list is viable in the current meta? How, what would you fill the rest of the list with? Uh, uh, indirect? Yeah, that's what he asked. Armor or artillery. I mean, yeah. like, Chimera is full of Catachans. It's pretty solid. It's a good way to get your scoring on the board. The problem is guard don't really have the staying power. Um, like, you're delivering Catachans. Um, I don't know if you've checked the difference between the Catachan data sheet and the chosen data sheet, but one of them's a little better. Uh, when it gets up close to the enemy. Um, yeah. 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 I don't know. Guard just kind of... It's weird because I don't want Guard to get cheaper, but Guard are also just not good at anything. I think they're good. Like, they're as an army. fine, but they're not but... like... I don't know. Guard. It feels like Guard don't really have a competitive advantage besides artillery, and it's the worst thing to have a competitive advantage in because it's just the worst, the least healthy for the game. I don't really know how you drive Guard to a healthy space right now. Man, if only there was some way they could point things that have multi multis and heavy bolters fucking differently. Anyway, that does sound impossible. Um, would you rather fight one hundred Nurgling sized great and clean ones or one great and clean one sized Nurgling? The first one. A great and clean one size. I can't win that fight. Like, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not happening. Great and clean ones. Yeah. Um, 
Chris asks, are Death Ring Knights still objectively correct over Death and Command Squad? There's no such thing as objectively correct in yeah, basically any context in 40k, but generally, Death Ring Knights are better if you need resilience, Death and Command Squads are better if you need damage, if you need um, like mobility. Um, so if you're going to like be infiltrating stuff onto an objective with, say, uh, Vanguard, you probably want to run Death Ring Knights because you know they get there and they're tanky. If you want to run like Gladius or Unforgiven, where you want the speed, you maybe want to lean into Death and Command Squads because they get a bit more damage out of both of them. They get a bit better out of both of them because they hit worse. They have higher strength. Like there's advantages to both. Death and Command Squads are also 50 points cheaper and have recursion, which may your mileage vary. Uh, Alex Bethos, um Deathwing uh, Unforgiven list was running a Command Squad because it was cheaper. It needed recursion. It benefits a lot from having a pile of OC because that's what that list needs. Whereas something like the Vanguard Spearhead Detachment or Gladius probably want to stick with Deathwing Command Squads because they have a bunch of ways to turbocharge the damage output. Having like Lance or um, Infiltrate are just much better for those two respectively. Although run a Chaplain if you're playing Glad if you're playing Vanguard because you need that plus one to wound. Yeah. Um, I feel like I need to clarify for chat that I'm not eating the bay leaf. I'm just saying I've put it into and taken it out of something, and it just hasn't. I do. I do. Much a difference. I do think it's odd that like the platonic, like the platonic ideal of like the, like the Instagram picture of a tomato soup just has a leaf in the middle of it. Like, can I just be like a loaf of bread with butter on it? That's much, much more. I feel. Like. <laughs> I. I mean, like. Again, I just like haven't really noticed them being in and out. Oh yeah, um, aside from that, unrelated chocolate does just suck. Chocolate's just not that good. It's okay, but like it's not that good. People lose their fucking minds about chocolate, and it's like just fine. I've eaten a lot of chocolate. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, okay. As a long-time Eldar player, would Ennis recommend Dark Reapers or Shroud Runners when playing into Custodians on certain spells? <laughs> um, Dark Reapers are really good for picking up all of the like the small backfield stuff, like Imperial Navy Preachers and uh, their um, Collective Assassin. If you can get really close with like Fire and Fade and Phantasm, so you can like run your score of Dark Reapers with Morgan Rob the board and Phantasm is trying to get the bone operatives. Whereas Shroud Runners are only really good for lethal hits, and unfortunately, all the good stuff in Eldar already has lethal hits. Like, um, so <laughs> yeah, um, I just like yeah, I don't know. Dark Reapers seem alright, like the indirect is pretty solid, you're basically paying for dive out Desolation Marines, but they're a lot cheaper, and I think they're going to be an interesting option once the once the Codex turns and we see the new um, the new Slay. Shroud Runners are just a good day sheet, you can get homers within turn one, they're very solid for getting into your deployment zone, um, good for move blocking with that big base, and they do hand out lethal hits, which can be relevant if you're doing stuff like the Big Ten of Shroud Runners with Guide, uh, the Big Ten of Shadow Spectre with Guide or something like that. Um, it's a pretty interesting dynamic that you can push into. It's the, is it the most competitive thing right now? No, but that doesn't have to be like Eldar have a ton of options going forward. Jake B asks your favorite AOS faction based on looks alone, flesh eater courts or soul blight grave lords. One of the undead factions. I fucking love undead stuff. I'm gonna have to Google all the AOS factions again. I don't oh, have a, I don't have an input answer off the head. Yeah. So the problem is I like the monsters. Like AOS is about the monsters. I mean uh, the, the undead monsters are insane. So. Yeah, but like for me, the like the zombie dragon is still it's a fantasy model. It's not an OAS model. Sure, because it came out and so like. I mean, Soul Blight has monsters that aren't the zombie dragon. Yeah, that's fair. I really like like the big the big um, Sigmar dragons like Karad. Is it Karazan? Oh yeah, the Stormcast like, ones. Really cool models. Yeah, they have um, dragons. I like the dragons. 
I like a lot of the Stormcast stuff, but it just kind of doesn't do it for me as an army. Like the actual Stormcast models, I'm not a huge fan of even the new Sleeker ones. Yeah. Um, I really like I, the new Empire Griffin Manticore Rider thing. That's that thing's cool. sick. That the new Empire really models cool. in general are dope. Yeah, they are. Um, I quite like the goblin, the goblin stuff as well. Like the. I mean, Anna adores the goblin yeah, stuff. Like there's the, a there, there are terrain features like in that white thing behind <laughs> me, that display case that she painted. It looks dope. Mm. And obviously, like I really like the demons aesthetic, but that's more of a four, that's like forty k more than anything else. It's both, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's like it, I always think of it as being like a fantasy army first, and then a forty k army because it came out in that game first. Fair. Um, so, but like, um, like Dixessa, the like the big, like the little man, um, those are just... model, yeah, like the not key, the not the mini not keeper that just doesn't yeah. have forty k rules because they hate us. They're um, so sick and they're so bad yeah. in that game. It's like insane. Yeah, and then you've got like, and I always think the um, like the Demon Prince model looks much better in fantasy armor than in 40k armor and stuff like that, right? So, hmm. um, yeah, I like the big monsters. I think the Magma Droth is one of the coolest models in the game when it's getting rid ridden by stupid dwarves. Um, as I, as much as I hate 40, as much as in 40k I hate um, dwar I hate elves and elves and orcs. In fantasy, it's dwarves I hate. So just you know. Or, really? Or, yeah, no, it's completely. I love elves in fantasy. Elves are a fantasy. Fan. That's why I don't like orcs and elves in 40k because they don't. They're not a fan. They're not a science fiction fan faction for me. They're a they're a fantasy faction. I don't like that they're just ports, so it upsets me. And I don't think they should exist in the game. But in fantasy, like I'm all for it, right? So interesting inconsistency. I'm happy with it. But like my fat my forty army was, uh, my fantasy army was it was high elves, right? So yeah. Oh, and the Skaven models are still just like the best models that KW ever made. Fair. Those are so cool. Like conceptually, I don't think they're the best models, like models, models, but like conceptually, yeah, yeah, rat dudes that are techno, techno wizards, it's cool as fuck. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> you're not wrong, um, but I also like Star Wars, so it's okay for me to be mad at things that are not mad at this and being inconsistent. Yeah. Um, and yes, Tim, I do use the Sigmar Demon Princes for my non-power armor. I don't put them on like the, I don't give them like the shoulder pads and stuff like that. They get armor because it looks better. I have no idea what one of my princes. He's also over there. Well, I imagine yours because he's Sanguinius is probably in power armor. Yeah, most likely. Mine is so goddamn pretty. I get distracted. I'm like, what? What are you armor? <laughs> I don't know. This paint job's insane. And then Paul asks, "How much would it take? Would someone have to pay Anthony for you to pay Cybernetic a cohort Elvio?" A lot. That would be very expensive. You'd have to. Bring the army, pay for me to go to LVO. Like if the if the new gig is cool about PTO and it just doesn't matter, if people will throw the money at it, I'll go and do that. I don't I'm not picky. I love Castellan robots. I'll go get drunk and fuck around. But like it would be very expensive. There you go, guys. Very expensive. If you had to put a number to it, ballpark. 12, 12 grand. There you go. It's a lot. Yeah. Okay. But that'll but, never happen, so it's fine. No, like, there's no, no you're, shot. You're safe. Yeah. You're yeah. safe. I got away with my one for the taking nits to Alana, so. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Narrowly. We we almost fucked around with that one. It was fine. Um, right. Let's do the questions from the Super Chat, and then we'll quickly blast through the last ones, and then we'll finish up. Tim says, stink time, what up, boys? And Tim is correct. That's true. Uh, Dan says, hello, person at the door. That's hey, Anna. Anna. 
Hope you're doing yeah. well. She's good. She's in the other room. Cat's Ken then also says 12 Hammerfall Bunkers, which is in reference to what's in the box, which, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know, was a bunch of Eldar, including the best Eldar data sheet, the Crimson Hunter, um, which I actually genuinely think is pretty solid. Yeah. Innocent making his list worse by putting planes in it. Newman Warrior comic. I'm not going right to do it until the slate, but like chill for now. But yeah, like yeah. once the slate drops on that day, she'll be fine. Um, Dan then also said, I heard you lost your other Anthony, which is why he sent me an Elder Army. Disrespectful. Very Ben funny. asks Anthony, expectations for USA at Pirate Cup? I don't really have expectations for the team. It's more of an opportunity for me to watch everybody play in a high pressure. High pressure is a little strong. High uh like competition environment it's as close as we can get to making you guys play wtc without playing a wtc um so it'll be interesting to do that um i told a couple people they were going today so that'll be team usa's first like representation of the 2023 2024 roster um so that'll be cool uh, for other people going to pyro you'll have an opportunity to swap for a cool team usa jersey because we're gonna have new jerseys and stuff hell yeah so. Um, for me, my expectation is that Nick is probably going to be there, as will Sako, Liam, Nassim, uh, Matt Robertson, and I'm expecting mess. Uh, <laughs> that should be okay. I, Nick is looking at going, but is currently getting scammed by trying to buy a house. Yeah, so. I heard. We'll Rough see. Times. Yeah. Okay. Boris asks, that GSE list in your team, can you talk about how it works? Uh, yeah, so the basic concept of the list is that the Nexus <laughs> is mostly there to, like, buff your damage output in certain situations, but you can just run more units and have the same kind of damage output. He's mostly there for using the free the free possible busted skill strategy, but just spending that on more units and making yourself a little bit more resilient to assassination can help close that differential gap. Um, when you're playing it in teams, you can try to kind of avoid the really bad pairings where you might need the like the extra damage I put into something like Necrons, where you're like you're not probably not going to push it for a really big win, but you're only going to be playing that matchup for a draw, and you're not expecting more out of it. Um, so it's okay to go a little bit later on that and try to like hedge up on some of your better matchups, make them even stronger. Um, the truck is there because uh, it helps you keep a unit off the board um, that doesn't necessarily have to come through deep strikes. So you can commit like multiple acolytes at the same time. Bear in mind all those demolition charges do have assault. Um, you can also like drive the truck forwards, get it very aggressive with your opponent. It also has the fire support rule for rural wounds, so it's good for like fighting over the middle with a unit that can actually like get on an objective and potentially live there against something like uh, whirlwinds or things like that that will actually struggle to kill that kind of general transport. It also can just chuck the demo charges, then get the guys out and chuck them again uh, in the next turn because you. You, uh, the truck used them, not the guys inside. So there's a little bit of like flexibility there for getting more damage output out of your acolytes without necessarily having to hit the the three plus to get them back. Um, yeah, it's pretty solid. Like, and then you protect your backfield with like saboteurs and a truck, so that you don't just necessarily get jumped to the same degree because you don't have aberrants in that build. You're playing a lot more like aggressively to try and like clear out your opponent's scoring units and stop your blip and stop you from stop them from stopping your blips coming back before you get like really into the game. Uh, it can be very the GSC builds now that can be very swingy on whether your first couple of bugs come back or not. If you lose a couple of acolytes quotes and just miss the three up on both of them, like you're probably going to have a bad time unless something goes very well for you the rest of the game. It's just kind of one of the inbuilt weaknesses of the faction now. Uh, Payton asks, "What book series do you wish you could read for the first time again?" I don't really have one. I don't think. Like, uh, I really, li I really, really fucking liked the, like, through line of First Heretic, um, No No Fear, and then Betrayer. That was, like, probably my favorite, um, like, little mini-series within the Heresy. Um, yeah. 
I could probably do that for the first time again. I mean, the first three of the Heresy was also quite good. Um, when I have to, like, vamp up to play Chaos Marines, um, I will often go back through those and then do it. Um, I don't know. I don't think I have any other, like, books that I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I have, like... I really enjoyed the Discovery with Wheel of Time, but I don't know if I would enjoy doing it again for the first time. Um, the book series is slow if you don't know what's coming sometimes. Um, so, like, I enjoy it on the reread, like, catching all the... I, a lot of the time when I do read reread books, it's to, read, it's to catch references I missed because I enjoy, like, the series of Discovery and going through it with, like, a new lens. Um, right. So I don't really know if I... Yeah, I don't know if there's any book series that I'm, like, upset that I can't read again for the first time. Um, if I'd read Lord of the Rings, maybe I would say that because that's the very traditional one. But I stalled really hard on the set on the first book and never got around to finishing it. So Fair. I'm happy to just enjoy those as films. Um, I wish I could unread Harry Potter. Can I go with that? Uh, I spent way too much of my life reading that, and fuck her. Um, Fair. Yeah, I wish I could ne never have to think about that series again because it, you know, she turned I mean, out to be just... a very good person. You yeah, I know, I, I know, but like yeah. you hear people talking about it, and you just kind of like mentally like it comes up, right? It's yeah. annoying, and I wish I wish that didn't happen. Um, and then Domo, which is Noah, says hit, hit him up for cloud computing stuff. It's been his life for ten years. Sweet, so, there you go. Um, right? Are there any general questions? In... Oh yeah, there was just so many. Cool, go for it. Uh, do 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 do. Hold on, let me scroll down. Uh, <laughs> there you go actually i mean like it's that's fair too i enjoyed i wish i could watch the t the films without knowing you read it i could without knowing who wrote it i don't know if i would read the books again even no. knowing that but like the films are strongly associated with a bunch of other people but it's a shame that i can't do that with the same level of understanding but yeah um american chocolate does suck but like european chocolate is better and still not very good. Chocolate just isn't that great. It's okay. Um, Innis did already open the box. I want Anthony to explain how to win the World Eaters Mirror. Oh, this will be fun. All right. So, uh, is it going to take a while? No, it's it's actually not. That's the part that sucks. Um, so sometimes in the game of 40k, how good you are actually just doesn't matter that much. And this is one of those times. Um, the World Eaters Mirror swings really heavily on which one of you went first which one of you rolled the four-ups for the fight on death, which one of you didn't get your buffs from Blood Yahtzee, which one of you got Angron back, and mostly just those things. And some other stuff, like if you took Karn or if you didn't, did you attach Karn to a squad at the beginning of the game, or did you separate him so you'd have more pieces? Um, these are all choices that you can make, but this game is not going to be the most skill-intensive, assuming you guys are equal. Um, like your skill expression won't matter a ton. If one of you is just obviously better than the other, then it might get fucky. But for the most part, it's going to be just dudes rolling dice at each other, hoping for the best. <laughs> Everybody dies when you make contact. So make that contact count, I guess is the best way to put it. Fair enough. Um, Which is life. Yeah, yeah. It's, always, it's kind of like the, um, like any kind of like indirect mirror match. It's just whoever gets the first good turn, right? Like it doesn't really matter yeah. how good you are if you're firing mana cores at each other. Whichever one of you kills the first mana core is probably gonna win that game. You're up, that's for sure. So such is life. Um any other interesting questions? 
address the list are on BCP. It's uh, Clown Wars Team Series on Best Coast Pairings. Um, and it's literally finding for white bread. I was very upset when I went to have my dinner tonight and there was no bread that I could have with it. So I just had uh, it. It's probably good for me. But Yeah, I'm going to go eat some soup in a bit. I'm going to have soup for lunch tomorrow because I want bread right now. Nice. Um, All right. And yes, you do have to invite me inside before I step in the house. It's called being polite, not being a vampire, I promise. Um, you know, before I would have been like, yeah, that seems real. But now, now I'm suspicious. That's fair. And then Brian says, man, you would hate the orc dinosaur life. Yeah, it would stress me out. Having a feel, I actually, that's not true. If I have a five up feel the pain on top of a four up vulnerable save, I feel invincible. And I'm convinced that unit can't die. Um, so it's like. It's a weird space in there. Four of avoidable save, five of field of pain is immortal. Four of avoidable save, no field of pain, can't die. It is like instantly dead the second it gets locked up. There is uh, there is no in between. And That's Ashley says, Innis played knights. Yes, I played knights in seventh edition. They were they were not my first army. I played like a bad green knights and space rings mix for a bit. But uh, my first like GT that I I podiumed was uh, a triple chaos. It was a triple knights build with uh, a space, some space marine bikes to go alongside it. Uh, I lost in the finals, in round, uh, the, the finals. Uh, me and the other undefeated player in round five played. Uh, we then played another game afterwards because it's a grand tournament. But like the, the last undefeated playing pair of it, uh, I played against an Admech army um, that shot a knight on turn one, killed it. That knight fell into my other knight and killed it. And then that knight fell into my third knight and killed it uh, on turn two. Um, nice. Which was sub-opt, oh, sorry, on turn one, which was sub-optimal to say the least. Um, this is back in the day when like they would scatter with like a big template and if like you, you hit the center of it it was like a destroyer class weapon which was like a knight one shot uh, and i just like center to center a knight onto each other and scattered it to the third one it was very painful did not have a great time um uh what did ns learn from play four noise beside her ridiculous they offer toughness 11 no damage um that they're not actually no damage strength 12 a bunch of last cannon attacks like the norn has the norn emissar uh similar does if you're in within range have 12 last cannon shots six last cannon shots they hit on twos which is you know the same output as a squad of dev sense in some situations like it's not that bad um, so it's okay don't worry too much about it they're they're expensive but they're cool um it's not a bad day issue it's just overplayed it's kind of what i took from it uh what would the team's called soup be for me personally, my favorite soup is lentil and bacon, um, but I am also strongly partial to tomato. I could not speak for the rest of the team. Uh, we have never collectively eaten soup, unfortunately. Um, we're not Team America who all share recipes. <laughs> yeah, that shit's dope. It's like one of the best things we do. Uh, and then Ashley says, well, I guess we know why Innistix Knights are a dumb, stupid dice rolling army now. Yeah, exactly. That is basically exactly why. I got punished by them and then moved on. Uh, I then swiftly moved on to just playing the Space Marines better army, which was significantly stronger than the Knights. Um, I came back to them a little bit in 8th edition. Uh, I played Chaos Knights for WTC, which was stressful. Um, but that was more because I, I played 100 Cultists, and I happened to have three Chaos Knights on my list. It was more about the 100 Cultists. They did all the scoring. Uh, every game I lost was because the Chaos Knights did terrible, terrible, dumb, bad things, like getting 2d6 shots into a hammerhead and getting 11 shots and four hits and one wound which he passed on a cover save uh just you know classic things like that good yeah, old good not, old good old warhammer that's not great it was it was suboptimal um yeah it was it was a bad time or, or playing against playing doing his 250 cultists and having my knights get surrounded so that they couldn't move or fall back from the cultists uh 
leaving a leaving a squad of 30 or 40 dudes on one model uh which then meant the full squad came back for two cp you know just good old good old warhammer thing warhammer got warhammer real hard uh, yeah you know stuff like that it was an interesting time and then i also just generally like i don't like playing vehicle armies i don't love uh, like vehicle like pure armies because haywire exists and it's stressful and there's a lot less anti-monster tech out there i like monsters more than vehicles fair um if you're gonna like go down the route of playing like a 2000 points of a thing i would rather it be a monster than a vehicle um fair especially now that Drakari don't have any everything except vehicles uh that was really annoying for a while just getting shot to death by splinter, by splinter pistols but better times now right I anthony miss, i miss them i think miss that's every day out. is there anything you want to close us out with nah nothing nothing specific we'll have stats nerds back next week ideally yeah. so next week is the, people can have real info. Is the 19th of this of december <laughs> we should I'm, I'm running the my my clock's ticked over so i'm having to do the it's yeah. tomorrow for me now it's the it's so next week is the 19th of december so we should be here for that one don't know if we'll be here on the 26th um, i we'll certainly won't down to people's schedules i will probably be here but it depends on what family do otherwise we'll see what the people are doing uh we yep. will probably have a much more informal one and then we should probably be back for a start of new year one it should be the second second but we'll see what people are doing and that's yeah, a we'll holiday in the uk but it basically our schedule over the next few weeks is probably going to be a little bit erratic we'll do our best to be here uh, but it will depend very much on people's schedules we might try and have some guest stars we might do some more informal or shorter episodes uh there will be content we will make it um we can't help it that's true but we have to make it the content must flow i hope everybody has had a wonderful time with us this year on this the we talk shit episode and i opened the box um i've been diagnosed by diagnosed with eldar player which i'm a little upset about i'm gonna see how long i can get away with like not building this stuff until dan makes me um i think that'll be an interesting challenge um why uh, it's the best it's the worst otherwise oh and i have 144 bar fingers in my house now which is not good for my self-avowed trying to Let's go. we're gonna Butter find out how that goes. If, if i'm the size of if i'm literally the size of java the hut next week you'll know why you could um, just donate them to like a local shelter or something elementary could, school but i like butterfingers <laughs> Well, that's what I am one box is probably going to chuck a box up to Saltire, <laughs> to be fair. There you go. Trade them for some Eldar models. Exactly. <laughs> I'll take one box of whatever Eldar you have on your shelf for 72 Butterfingers. If, we would have, if I would have started this episode by telling you that you're going to trade a box of Butterfingers for a box of Eldar, you would have gotten us banned on YouTube. <laughs> I still might, honestly. I'm not sure I can handle it. <laughs> Quickly close the show before we get banned from you saying terrible things. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here with us. Go back and check out all the plugs. Read them in the description. All that kind of stuff. I'm frankly not doing it again. It's hard enough doing it once an episode. Have a wonderful time. We'll see you all back for episode 73. I've got a wonderful name for the last episode of the year that I did put in the chat, and you are all going to love it. Uh, see you all next time. Nobody's going to say bye-bye because Nathan's not here. Have a great time. Anthony, say words. Say words. What? For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.